I can't even believe it. We're celebrating over 600,000 downloads on the Anxious Therapist podcast. Y'all are literally the best. Welcome back to the Anxious Therapist podcast, a safe space where we believe vulnerability is the key to happiness. So a little life update to start this episode. I am just shy of 33 weeks pregnant with our second baby. And Lars man is almost two. He will be two in October, just a couple months away. And it is just wild to me. That boy is wicked smart, absolutely hilarious. I mean, his little personality is developing every single day. And he's just so cool to be around. I love being his mom. Uh, So he's a big part of today's episode because an experience that I had with him maybe a week or two ago has inspired this entire conversation. He is talking a lot. Um, (laughs) He gets frustrated when we don't understand what he's saying. Most of the time we can figure it out. But, you know, there's still some words that he thinks are words or make sense in his brain that we're not (laughs) connecting with. But one thing that he has down pat is all done. He's been signing it for well over a year and he's been saying it for probably nearly as long. I mean, he got that one figured out fast He will tell you when he does not want to do something anymore. We'll be in the middle of gymnastics and he's telling me, all done. He's shaking his hands, doing the sign for it. And he's just repetitively saying, all done, all done, all done. (laughs) And it's a hoot. Uh, We'll be in the middle of a story, all done. And he'll get up and walk away. Um, He's eating dinner and all of a sudden, all done. And he wants to get down away from the table. I mean, it's just, it's been a blast. So it came as no surprise to me the other day when I had to move my body in our house. Usually I go out to the garage and I have privacy and time to take care of myself because Derek, my husband, typically takes the mornings with Lars so I can have that time. Uh, But my husband recently tore his bicep tendon and had to have surgery to have it reattached. So our mornings have looked a little different because he can't pick up our child. He can't hardly take care of himself, let alone our our toddler. Uh, So it's been a little shift in the dynamic. And so one day, a couple, you know, a week or two ago, I had to do my workout in the living room. It was just a quick 25 minute cardio thing no big deal right and so I told Lars you're gonna come move your body with mama and he immediately starts doing his squats and he's going squat 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 I'm like yep so we're moving our bodies together he's playing he's jumping around he's having a good time and I'm probably maybe 15 minutes into moving my body getting my sweat on him running around being his wild self and he's tugging at me and he starts saying all done all done all done all done and I tell him almost 
mama's still moving her body. Um, letting him know that like, I am not going to give in because this is important for me. And I think it's important that we allow our children to experience disappointment in a healthy way. Right. So I'm okay with him being disappointed. I could have stopped my workout and just been done with it and said, okay, good enough for today. But I'm teaching him how to sit with disappointment in a healthy way, letting him know, I hear you. I know you want me to be done. Mama needs to take care of herself too, right? So modeling that from a really early age, um, helping him, you know, I, I was able to pause my workout and help him navigate those feelings for a minute, but letting him know that I was still going to take this time for myself, even though he was tugging at me and telling me to be all done. And it really got me thinking after the workout, you know, I did it and I was probably just sitting on the floor stretching or whatever in his playroom and he was happy that I was done. And um, it got me thinking about the way that was so similar to how our, our brain interacts with us. He didn't like what I was doing. He, he wanted me to do something else. It wasn't a part of our normal routine and he, he didn't like it. So in, he wanted me to stop. Well, our brain does the same exact thing. Whenever you try to change your routine or challenge an old thought that you've been engaging with, um, mix things up, right? Your brain's like, no, this doesn't feel good to me. This feels foreign. I don't like it. Our brain is drawn to sameness. It wants familiarity, things that it already knows. Okay, so when I, you know, go to therapy and I start trying to dig into things with a therapist, my brain is going to go, wait a second, I don't like this. This doesn't feel good. Let's stop going right? We don't need to go to therapy. It's making us worse uh, because it's making my brain uncomfortable because I'm having to think different thoughts and challenge the way I've been feeling and explore things on a deeper level. And anything that feels different to my brain, my brain perceives it as a threat. So it's like, no, let's not do this. This is a bad idea. So that's like my default operating system in my brain. And it's yours too. The default operating system says do things the way we've always done them because up to this point, it's kept us alive. And that's all your brain cares about. It just wants you to survive. It doesn't care if you're happy or successful or content or at peace in your life. All it cares about is that your heart is still beating. So... Anytime you add in journaling, going to therapy, exercise, making different choices when it comes to your nutrition, um, thinking about ending a toxic relationship and setting different boundaries, your brain's like, oh, I don't know, that feels different. And I'm perceiving different to be bad, so let's not do it. Okay? The same way Lars was like, I don't like this change in our routine. I need you to be all done. 
And so what happens is we have to use the intentional conscious part of our brain to say, hey, brain, I'm safe. I'm good. Yes, I I hear you. Things feel a little different now. We're doing things a little differently than we've done in the past. But we're okay. We're safe. And then I have to consciously and intentionally make that choice over and over and over until I create a new thought pattern in my brain and it feels the same to my brain now. Oh, okay, I got it. This is safe. It felt different. It felt scary before, but I got it now. The same way that if I were to work out in the living room every single morning, Lars would eventually get adapted to that routine, right? He'd be used to it. He wouldn't continue to tug on me and say, all done, you know, but three months into that new routine, he might do that. He might tug on me and say, all done, all done. And I'd say, mama's doing her workout. I'm, I'm, st- I'm not done yet. Right. But it's really easy for our brain to slip back into those old default patterns. So this is when we constantly have to be on top of our intentional thinking, right? Being a really conscientious minded person, aware of our thoughts. We think somewhat, I don't know, it's like an astronomical amount of thoughts that we have per day. So we cannot possibly consciously focus on every single one of them because we would go mad because right now your brain is having a hundred thoughts just in this moment because it's it's hearing my voice and it's trying to take that in but you're also applying it to your own life so you're thinking of scenarios in which this applies to you but you're also hearing the washing machine running in the background and your kids running around or you're driving a car so you're also thinking about keeping yourself safe and oh i need to get gas soon and right like at any given point you're just having an overabundance of thoughts so i'm not telling you that you have to like be conscious of every single one of them because that's literally not possible. But I'm telling you when there's pushback, when you find yourself being like, man, I really want to go back to therapy. And then after a few sessions, you find yourself being like, "Mm, I don't think so. I don't think I need it. I think I was overreacting. I don't really need this extra level of support. I'm going to stop going. Ask yourself, is this my conscious intentional brain or is this my default operating system that I'm falling back into? Does this feel like something that's still important to me and I need to power through or am I getting sucked into that sameness that my brain craves? where it doesn't want me to change anything because change feels scary and is perceived as a potential threat in my brain. These are the kinds of things that I am teaching in my programs, my coaching programs, and to my therapy clients. And I'm doing this right now in the emotion evolution with my clients because I want you to understand the way that your brain is operating how your thoughts are impacting your day-to-day life, why you can't stick with that workout program that you keep telling yourself, I want to do, or I want to start spending more time outside, but then every day I convince myself to just sit on the couch and watch Netflix instead. 
I want to drink more water because I know I'm dehydrated, but I end up grabbing the can of soda instead. I want to be more intentional about creating intimacy with my partner, but I end up going to bed and reading my book alone every night. I, you know, all of these things that you're saying that you want, but you're struggling to follow through on, it's because your default operating system is taking over in your brain. And that is simply a survival mechanism. Your brain just doesn't handle change well. So you're not self-sabotaging. You're not a failure. You're not... It's literally just the way that your brain functions. But when we know how our brain functions, we can better use it to our advantage. So then I can tell myself, oh, I'm, I'm only, you know, struggling with this because my brain used to think that way. I get it now, right? I can intentionally change that though by changing my behavior and proving to my brain that nothing bad is going to happen when I do the thing that I said was important to me, whether that be journaling or going to therapy or starting a workout program or spending more time outside or connecting with my partner, right? Even though change is perceived as a bad thing in my brain, I can prove to it. I can teach my brain new things. And that is always going to be true. You will forever be able to create new more effective neural pathways in your brain if you're willing to better understand how it works and work with your brain instead of against it. I want you to befriend your brain and stop blaming it for all of the struggles that you're having, the thought patterns that you engage in, and this feeling that bad things are always happening to you and you can't catch a break and you're always going to struggle by simply getting to know your brain on a better level and having a healthier dynamic between you and your brain you will be able to live a more fulfilling peaceful life and that is what I want so I hope this episode resonates with you I hope you're able to take away some tangible information and apply it to your life to start making these changes. If so, it would mean the world to me if you could take a second and share this episode of the podcast so we can create this beautiful ripple effect of all healing together. I love you guys. I can't wait to see you in the next episode.